0: Ready for
1: season two. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. I am so excited for today's episode. We have Nikki, and she is a Reiki practitioner and a Reiki master. She currently has a program that started last week called Open, where you can also become attuned to Reiki level one, two, or become a master. And she'll likely be hosting another round of this container in January. So if that's something you're interested in, you definitely have to look into the show notes, where I will link to her Instagram page so you can get a sense of what she'll teach. And I'll also link to her website so that you can sign up for any of her upcoming containers or you could sign up to also just work with her. One thing that I found so inspiring about her was that she has this decades-long healing journey that you will hear all about in this episode. Not only does it showcase her strength and ability to overcome, it showcases how the universe will put you in the right direction. And sometimes that direction won't be clear until you are living in actual Hell. Her story is not an easy one. It is clear that she went through so many things, but her purpose has been unveiled as a result, which I just find so inspiring. She talks about her eating disorder in this journey. She talks about her relationship with her friends and her family, her 11-year relationship with her current boyfriend. She talks about the fact that she Got breast implants at one point and then was diagnosed with breast implant illness and how she went to all of these different doctors and no one really believed that she was actually in the amount of pain that she was in. And then she made this move across the country and landed somewhere where for the first time she started experiencing the universe's magic in pulling everything into place and what divine timing and divine intervention truly looks like and how that can actually manifest. She talks about how she got into Erewhon through one of her side hustles, which I totally think she needs to get back on. And this is just a truly inspiring episode. If you're someone who feels like you need to start listening to your body more and you're really wondering how do you tune into that sense of surrendering to the universe, We cover all of that and more in this episode. She is so open about her journey and all of the facets that come into her healing process that it's overwhelming and left me in awe of her. I am so excited for you to listen and tune in and would love to hear what you think of this. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay. Well, thank you, first of all, again, so much because I'm so excited to, we've already been digging into some topics that I think are going to be really interesting, but I want to start by just allowing you the chance to kind of give an intro into who you are and what you do and the types of women, men, or whomever that you work with and what people might gain from working with you. I think you're also, are you doing a program right now or you're starting one in November? Okay, yeah. You can tell us a little bit more about that too because that might be something that is good for me, but I guarantee going into the holidays and just as people are trying to be more mindful, it'll be good for them
0: too. Yes, for sure. So thank you for having me. And I am Nikki. I am a Reiki practitioner, now Reiki master. I have my bachelor's in nursing, which is what I went to school for. I am a certified holistic health coach. And what I do with people is Reiki and breathwork. So I'm also certified in breath work. There's just a lot under my belt. That's just like all these pieces that kind of come together into who I am and what I do. But honestly, so the program right now that I'm doing is called OPEN. And since I'm a Reiki master, I'm also a Reiki master teacher where I can attune people to Reiki one and two and the master level if they choose. So right now we just started like two days ago this round, but I'm attuning yeah, people to Reiki one and two and I'm so freaking excited. The next round will probably be in a couple months just cause I need to give it a little time. So maybe like, mm, maybe January will be the next round of open. Uh, I'm gonna have a Reiki master program soon so if people are already attuned to reiki one and two and they're looking to go to that next level i'm also doing that so there's just so much under my belt that i do that it's just a lot we could get into
1: well i love that too though because i feel like it's there is no one size fits all anymore and i love that now it's so much more acceptable to have all these multifaceted parts of your personality and just of yourself that you don't, you're not gonna necessarily come to someone for just one thing anymore because everyone needs multiple modalities that have helped heal them. And I find that the best teachers and healers are the ones who have done their own work, which we'll get into because you definitely <laughs> have. But what would someone get from like a Reiki one or oh. two, for instance, like what is the open program look yes. like in, partic- so in particular?
0: Reiki attunements and specifically this program, if we were to dive deep into this, It is so common, which I don't understand why, for people to get attuned to Reiki in a single day or a weekend. And I find that so messed up. And so when I got attuned to Reiki one and two, I was just so confused. I'm like, is everybody confused? Is this just so normalized that we're spending a couple hours in a day learning this like ancient healing modality? Am I really going to learn how to do this and be proficient at it? And I just remember leaving like, oh my God, that attunement was so powerful. That was amazing. But like, now what? Now, what do I do? Right? Because mm-hmm. they go into bare bones. There's no governing body over Reiki. So, what Reiki master teachers need to teach in classes is so bare minimum because it's just like suggestions of what you should teach and what you should go into. For me, during that time of my life specifically, I got attuned just a little bit over a year ago. And I was just craving like deep, spiritual knowledge. I wanted to learn about everything. And I was just kind of a little bit defeated with the way that I got attuned and what we learned and stuff like that. And so I created a program because it's just too common. There's And once you get attuned to Reiki and you meet other practitioners and you hear about their experience with their attunement, something's missing. And I was like, this can't be the way. So I created a program that's four weeks long and that focuses on your healing first, because I would have paid anything if the program was also like about our own healing and getting attuned to Reiki. There's something to be said, like you said, about working with a practitioner who's gone through their own shit, who's transcended it, who's worked through who's integrated it. So I created this program so that we do four weeks. We meet one time a week for the four weeks and we do, we're doing our classes, which you will also be attuned to Reiki during those four weeks, Reiki one and two. But we also do healing experiences to prepare our mind, body, soul for the attunements because it's powerful stuff. And so we do mm-hmm. ceremonies, we do healing experiences. I have guided meditations, we have homework. We go so into like unlocking the chakras and just really spending time with each one of them and how to work with them because none of that stuff was taught to me. When i became attuned to reiki i'm like we're not even learning about chakras like that's what we're working with like it's just we didn't even learn it she didn't touch on it all of those things so this is like a loaded program we talk about shadow work and intuition and reawakening your intuition and your body wisdom we also go into the reiki history and everything there is to know about reiki so it's such an in-depth program but for a good reason because too many people were like how do you start getting clients or how are you so confident with your Reiki practice? Because they didn't get the time and space to really sit with, integrate, and learn their own stuff. And so I created this program. And I remember my friend, Nicole, being like, you created something that doesn't even exist. Like, this type of attunement is not something that's, like, offered right now. And I'm like, no, it's crazy. So that's open. It's like my baby. It was my one project that I worked on for so long, and I'm very proud of it. This is our second round right now. That's amazing.
1: You can tell how passionate you are just by listening to you talk. Also Nicole is going to be a guest oh, on the podcast yeah, as well. You're talking about the same Nicole, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I think that you are. But you know, it's so crazy to me because I feel like when people start going through their healing journey, you have like two camps in a way. You have the people who say that they want to heal, but they're really just drawn to the buzz and the popularity, and then you have the people who have already done a substantial amount of work on themselves and they are truly interested in learning and adapting to a new modality that can help them expand that healing, which is where I'm at in my process. But I've joined other containers where I can tell that someone might just be really interested in like, I see other people making money from this or this seems like a cool fad because they don't totally know who they are and what what modality is going to work best for them. But I do think that it's really important for both of those people to try all of the things and to figure out where they sit. And it seems like this program would honestly be worthwhile for anyone who's interested in Reiki at all, because you don't know what you're going to love until you try all of the things. And I've had Reiki done on me three times, once virtually, which wasn't totally ideal for me. I can tell you more about it. And a second time, which I, like, it was so moving. And then a third time where it was still great. But one thing that I loved in my second Reiki was that she actually told me like feedback about what my body was telling her. And the third time I did it, I asked my practitioner, like, what did my body tell you? What chakra has blocked for me that you're sensing? And she was like, um... I didn't really pick up on any of that. And that's when I knew, okay, this, you're not the type of practitioner that for me, like for her, it was more about just the the process. I did not feel like she was a true practitioner in the sense that she could tell me things that she was learning from my body and my energy, where the second time I did it, she gave me this download and I
0: was overwhelmed with the power of that so feedback. that's, I'm so, so happy you're bringing that up, right? Because I've gone to energy healers and had Reiki done on me. And I was shocked, shocked for the price that I paid, but also for them not giving me any feedback, right? Like giving me the Reiki, doing the whole thing and then kind of being like, great, you're done. Go ahead, go. That's happened to me way too many times. And that's the problem with the way attunements are being done in a day or a weekend, because it's not their fault. They just weren't taught you know, how to tap into their intuition. They weren't taught to really open that channel so that they could receive guidance on the person's body. But it's also weird to me because, I mean, maybe they just need the guidance, but it's weird to me because you're sitting there and you're working with energy, you're feeling something, right? And so it's weird to me that they had no feedback at all. But I've had the same happen to me. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I would never do Reiki on someone and send them on their way. And the way that you can do Reiki is so different for everybody, right? When I got into Reiki, I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is good. I really like it, but something's missing personally for me. Reiki is super, super powerful, do not get me wrong, but I was looking for something I was looking for a healer at the time and nobody was offering what I wanted. And I'm like, what if I just did it myself? So that's when I combined Reiki and breath work together. And the way that that transformed myself, but also my clients is insane. Right. And so the beautiful part about that is if, if someone were to come to me for a session, Not only am I doing Reiki on them, which is sometimes like a passive process, right? Like you're just receiving, which is also really beautiful for the person to just sit and receive. But what I like about them doing breathwork is that they're an active participant in the healing and they're sitting there and they're going on their own journey. They're having their own experience with the breathwork while I do Reiki. And it is just like this double whammy of really you know, calming their nervous system, releasing, unwinding, because I go through a very specific process. But that is why I feel like I wanted to start attuning people to show them and share with them. It doesn't have to look like one way. And we have to really sit here and benefit the client. We have to tell them what we're feeling. Otherwise, what's the point?
1: What are some of the, what are some of the things that someone like, Okay, I have two questions here. They might be like a little loaded, but my first one is who is someone that would be good to have go and see a Reiki practitioner. Like what might that person look like? What might they be going through? What sort of commonalities are you finding from clients? And second, what are you feeling in your body when you're actually working on them? Because I like to pull Oracle cards and I forgot to bring mine up here because I really wanted to pull one for us. But sometimes when I just lay them out and I close my eyes and I tune in, I can feel the energy from the card where I'm being pulled. Like it just feels like this magnetic I don't know how to describe it other than it's like, if you're pushing your hands together and you just feel yeah. this
0: attraction like, almost, like, I don't know. yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, but it's, it's a very hard feeling to describe. So for someone who's interested in it, but they're like, what would my body possibly be able to tell you? Like, what are you feeling during that process? And how do you then go about describing
0: that to yeah. one of your clients? Okay. So with who would benefit like what are these people going through that they're coming and seeking reiki maybe mm-hmm. i'm not kidding you when i say there's just so many different verticals i mean it can be addiction it could be ptsd it could be just from tra- like a childhood trauma it could be an eating disorder it could be parenting it could be literally anything right that people are struggling struggling with because the beautiful thing about Reiki is that it is for everybody, right? No matter what you're coming to in to heal, whether it's an actual physical ailment, maybe you have back pain, maybe you have digestive issues. Great. Come on in. Maybe you're really dealing with heavy, emotional traumatic wounds. Great. Come on in because it will help you. So this truly can help anybody and everybody. There's no one that Reiki isn't for. It is truly safe, for babies it's safe for pregnant women it's safe for people who are in hospice it's literally safe for anyone and everybody and can help truly anyone and so what i'm feeling personally is so i've never actually sat to reflect on this but immediately what comes through for me now that i'm like thinking about it is that there's not one person to me that's like the same right and that makes sense we're so uniquely us and we have our own Blocks And we all have our own sacred life experiences and what we've been through and all of those things. But I guess what I can kind of say is like when someone comes in, there's a really specific process that we go through and I teach for scanning people's body, and we go through their different layers, right, like their emotional layer, their physical layer, all of those things. And so we're kind of scanning through the layers going through their body. And This is what I teach in open, is that we all also are different, right? We feel things differently. So you may wanna go over and start, do you feel heat over their body? Or is it cool? Does it feel numb? Do you feel nothing? Like, what are you feeling? Is it tingly? Just like noticing what you feel when you're going through their body. For me, a lot of the times, I'll do chakra balancing and you kind of are working on two chakras at once and you're putting two hands over their body for obviously people who can't see and maybe in, you know, say this is their root chakra over here, you feel less energy flowing here and not balanced with this energy. So you spend a little more time at the root chakra and it just feels like nothing's coming up. Nothing's moving. It's stagnant. It's dense, all of those things. And so those are the types of things I can pick up on in the different chakras and be like, okay. And sometimes, so my, after I got attuned to Reiki, my spiritual gifts just blew open, right? Like I I used to be very intuitive in the way of I just had gut feelings, like a knowing. But when I got attuned to Reiki, it was like clairvoyant, clairaudient, all the different clairs, right, were just like kind of turned on. So sometimes I'm doing Reiki, for example, and I'll see something very vividly of like, I see like chains around someone's heart chakra, like it's just chained up, or there's like something around their neck that's not allowing them to really speak their truth, or what have you. And it, never ceases to amaze me how i mean for example something is so random as one time i just told this girl i'm like does a lion mean anything to you and the minute i said that she starts bawling her eyes out saying that a lion was the mascot of her dance team and that her whole dance team was so mean to her bullied her and that's when she started having all of these issues and whatnot and we get to the root and so it's so and that's what i mean it's so different for every single person that comes through
1: Wow, I have goosebumps yeah. over my whole body.
0: It's crazy. That's,
1: that's so it's honestly just so powerful. One thing, so I want to dig into your healing journey because it's I find it fascinating that when when you're really intentional and authentic about your healing, some of the gifts that you were searching for in other practitioners may start appearing in yourself. And that's been part of my experience in my own healing journey. Things that I found, you know, wow, like my intuition is actually pretty spot on here. And for instance, one of my first interviews for the podcast, I was talking to um, one of my girlfriends from work who's also incredibly spiritual and very deep into manifestation, went through past trauma and relationship trauma and i would literally say she came out on the other side and is a powerhouse and we were just talking and i randomly said i'm just getting this sense that you have a purple aura for some reason i don't know why but it's just like i, I i'm seeing it in my head like even though i can't see auras and she paused and said i literally had my aura read not long ago and it was oh my purple. gosh and i was like. Whoa. And I'm not an aura reader, so that's not like my specialty in any way, but it was, uh, that's so powerful when you get the validation because you can have some of that more innate trust in yourself to say, okay, there's something there that I can explore. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you started out on your healing journey? We absolutely have some things in common there in regard to the, the eating journey, but it's so powerful to see where you've come. So I would love to hear more about what that
0: journey looked like for you and how you yeah my boyfriend was just joking right before this he's like if they ask you about your healing journey you're gonna be talking forever he's like you have such a loaded journey and (laughs) he's been with me through it all right we've been together for almost 11 years so he has seen me through every freaking iteration and transition and dark night of the soul that i've gone through and so he just he always finds it so funny when people ask because he's like your story is so wild but I won't I won't like give the long winded version of it but it started you can give yeah. it whatever version. Yeah. So I had an eating disorder for 8 years and it started it was like 7 8 years and it started when I was like coming out of high school I just started to become aware of my body again right cuz like as a child I think I was very perceptive and I was like in my body and I would see spirits in our house because my dad's house is very old and we live not even a block away from a cemetery And so it was like a normal experience for me. And my sisters would like pick up on it, but they couldn't see it like I could, right? And we were like into Harry Potter and witches. And I always resonated with that. I'm like, I thought I was a witch in a past life, right? Like all of those things. And I kind of lost all of that intuition, that being in touch with myself in like, you know, middle school through like college, because you're just not into that anymore, right? And so at that time of college, I would just college was a lost time for me. I feel like it's a lost time for a lot of people, right? Because you're leaving what you've known in high school, the people, the friends you've made, who you think you were and the boxes you were put into. And I went to college and it was just like this time of, wait, who am I? I don't know, I have a twin sister, right? So I've never really had a lot of time alone, right? Because we shared a room and we we were just together all the time and we, Our house was like the house that all of our friends would come to. So it was like sleepovers every day. Like I just was never really alone. And so by the time I got to college, I was like, I don't know who the heck I am. I'm so confused. Major like identity crisis type of thing. And I was like, I want to be really good at school. And actually I don't really like my body. And I want to be just really perfect. And I want to make friends here. And I was just very lost. And so I got so into trying to be this like perfect version of self that it started out kind of innocently because in nursing school, we were learning about how to take care of the body, all of those things. And I'm like, I actually am not taking care of my body the way I want to right now. So I started eating healthier and working out more. And it became a little bit too restrictive and I started losing weight. And then people started complimenting me on losing weight. And I was like, okay, I need to keep this up. And so it just like really snowballed with, okay, I have to do X, Y, Z thing because people are saying I look a lot better, all of these things, but. I kind of know that this isn't right because I'm being very restrictive with food. I'm being very restrictive with my workout routine. And just like, it was tough. And so nobody was really saying anything besides giving me compliments and then finally I had like a birthday party right with like friends from high school and they started a group chat about me with my sisters saying that there's something wrong with me and that I've like lost too much weight and all of these things and I didn't know about it until my sister showed me after and it was a jarring experience because I was like all of my friends were talking about me and like it was not in a nice way and all of these things but nobody said eating disorder right they just said I looked too small and so I was like mm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine, I'm just working out and I'm just treating my body healthier. And so we go along and then finally I'm starting to have like health issues and all of these things. And my parents are like constantly taking me to the doctor and they're like, you have an eating disorder. Like there's no getting around it. And it was kind of like, wow. I thought I was really honestly, truly just being healthy and doing better for my body, but then I did realize it was about like body image and I started having body dysmorphia, so all of these things, right? And so towards the tail end of that disorder, my mom was just exhausted, right? I was so stubborn. I was like, I'm not interested in recovering. I feel fine. I'm fine. All of these things. And she was like, came into my room one day, she's like, you should get breast implants. And that was also a really jarring experience for me because I had never thought about that before for myself. Never even crossed my mind. I knew my mom had them, but it just wasn't a thought for me. And I was really young at the time. And I, and when you have an eating disorder, you are your own worst enemy. And all day, every day, you are just nitpicking your body. What can I change? All of these things. And so her saying that to me felt like a, this verbal confirmation that there was something wrong with me and that I wasn't good enough. And I was like, well, I have to. If she brought it up to me, I I have to get them. It's my own mom. She thinks I should get breast implants, right? And she did it with the best intention. So there's no blame to her. It was like years of just me being so stubborn and not recovering and not going to like traditional recovery and all of these things. And I feel like she was just at like the end of her road. She was just like out of her mind, like let's just do something, right? And if anybody is listening to this and you have an eating disorder, plastic surgery is not the way. It's not the road to recovery. And even when you go And get like a consultation for breast implants they give you an info packet and in the info packet in all capitals it says do not get breast implants if you have an eating disorder and i kind of remember just like closing it and being like i'll be fine it'll be great like whatever it's okay and my mom had condition she was like if you weigh this much by the time you're supposed to get them, then you can get them, right? And so she would ask me like updates and I would just lie to her telling her that I was gaining weight. And I think she like clearly, like you could clearly see I wasn't. And I still think it was one of those things where she was just like, maybe this will be the thing though. You know, she's going to have to balance out her body for it to look good, all of these things. And so I go and I so freaking vividly remember the day that I was supposed to go get them. And I... I was panicking. My body was screaming at me. They're like, don't get the breast implants, don't do it. And I had already spent what, seven or eight years telling myself and just like ignoring my body, shutting down his cues, shutting down my intuition. So I was like, I'll be fine. And then they took my blood pressure. I'm a nurse. I knew my blood pressure was dangerously low. And so I was like, told the nurse, I'm like, I'm not comfortable. I shouldn't do this. And she was like talking me into it. You're already here. You already put down a deposit. Like we can artificially raise your blood pressure during surgery. And I was just so scared and nervous. I was like in fight or flight. I couldn't really think. And I was just like, okay, okay. So that's what they did. They raised my blood pressure during surgery just to keep me alive, just to get freaking breast implants, right? And so I wake up from the surgery immediately, like, what the did I just do? Like, what did I just do? And I go home, they give me Tylenol with codeine and they tell me to take it for the pain, right? Tylenol with codeine lowers your blood pressure. I already had low blood pressure. So like I take it and it was the worst. I w- I went blind when I stood up because my blood pressure didn't raise enough and I like collapsed. My boyfriend was panicking. It was just terrible. It was terrible. My body was too weak for the surgery. Thankfully, after a little bit of time, I like recovered okay and I was fine with the implants, but I just remember the day after like looking in the mirror being like I just made the biggest mistake of my life. But After a while I got used to them, they kind of like set all the things and I was like, okay, like it's fine. A Couple years go by and I start having this pain in my arm, like the weirdest, worst pain you could possibly imagine. And I remember going to my sister's and I'm like, something's wrong. And they were laughing at me. They're like, it's your arm. Like what could possibly be wrong? I'm like, something's wrong. So three days later, it spreads to my whole body. I can't walk at all. And I'm literally bedridden and I'm in so much pain. It feels like every bone in my body is breaking. And I'm like, I, something's wrong with me and nobody's listening to me. And I had to be carried to go to the chiropractor and I would have to go almost daily to the chiropractor just to be able to walk. And I was like, something is wrong with me. And so I was going to doctors and then I started having digestive issues. So they were trying to tell me it was just IBS. And I'm like, IBS isn't hurting my whole body. It's not making me not be able to walk. And so during this time too, me and my boyfriend were going to move to North Carolina And I don't know, looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I did, but we did, right? And we moved to North Carolina during all of this stuff because I was like, okay for some days and some days it was worse than others. And I'm like, I'll be fine. We moved to North Carolina and I'm originally from Chicago. So we moved there, the day we move in, my whole body shuts down, whole body, like digestive system, musculoskeletal system, nervous system, immune system, everything shuts down. And it was like my whole life, I had been stuffing all of this trauma and shit down into this little box inside of me. And it was like the day we moved in, it exploded. And the universe was like, you're looking at this now. You can no longer ignore your body. You can no longer ignore all the shit you've just been trying to brush off and put away. And so it took a while and it took many guided steps to like get a little bit better. But everything, even moving to North Carolina was so... It gives me chills how freaking divinely guided it was because moving here, I found my chiropractor. My chiropractor and his wife are the ones who told me I had breast implant illness and I had no idea that was a thing. And so once they told me that, they also were, they listened to me. And it was like the first time I had this experience with a healthcare professional who was like listening to me. And then they sent me to an energy healer. That's when I really, really, really expanded because I had all these things happening to me, but I had no words to put to it because I wasn't super into spirituality. And I go to this energy healer and we are like healing past versions of myself. She's talking to me about my past lives with my sisters. I'm like connecting dots. All of these things were healing inner children of mine. And I go home that night and I get my period back for the first time in eight years after one energy healing session with her. We were like focusing all the light in the universe on like my womb space and in my gut because I was like dealing with gut health issues and just like healing and I was shook. I was like, I just got my period back after eight years of not having a period in one energy healing session. So I had to know more. And like even beyond that with North Carolina, one of the top breast explant surgeons in the country is in North Carolina and I got in within a week. And that's not heard of with explant surgeries it takes like three or four or more months to even get booked for the surgery and i got him like it was so synchronistic with moving to north carolina like i just had to be here and so i was just going through this healing journey i went through you know, a major surgery on my own away from my family. And I just had my boyfriend and he just was amazing throughout it. But I was so much was coming up like old memories. I had forgotten just like the ways that I treated myself during the eating disorder, all of these things. And that was like my true, I was catapulted into a spiritual awakening. It's like my body, the universe was like, you are getting back onto a path of alignment because you have veered off so long now that you need to something dramatic. To just put you back on path. And it was that because for so long when I was sick, all I could do was lay on the floor with heating pads all over my body for so weeks at a time because I was in so much pain before I got that explant surgery. And that's a lot of time to just sit with yourself and like think and be and just process all of this shit that's happened to you and so I started working with more energy healers mushrooms all of these things going on this like huge healing journey which eventually led me into Reiki but that's how I got here was through getting really sick and that's really unfortunate because people shouldn't have to have something like that happen to them for them to wake up and so that's what my message always Mm -hmm. is like start now don't wait for something to happen then to change which so many of us do Right, because change is uncomfortable. Sitting with your shit is uncomfortable. It's not easy. It's kind of scary to look at your shadow and not run from it, but stay with it. And so that's the hardest part. But at the same time, with every contraction that we have that feels uncomfortable, we have a massive expansion on the other side.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. That is so wild and i feel like we have to name this episode like healing is not for the faint of heart because it's so true like you have to become this version of yourself through a traumatic healing process that you did not know was capable it's like <laughs> this is going to be kind of a ridiculous analogy but i because mm-hmm. i have little kids i'm thinking of frozen when it's like they've went on it gets frozen at the end and then her love kind of like you know, is what unfreezes her and it's what unfreezes the whole kingdom. And it's literally, you know, you have a toddler if that's your example, but it's so true because, you know, you finding that healing experience in North Carolina, I don't know what initially
0: drew you there, but it's like, what are the- No, because here's the thing, here's what's wild about it. Why it's like really crazy is because- this the time that we moved was the like COVID time. And I had just quit my nursing job. And my boyfriend's company went under during COVID. So he no longer had a job. And so we're like, oh, we're not tied here. We don't have to stay in Chicago. And we were gonna move to Texas. And we had this like place. Um, we like got approved for an apartment and everything. And last minute, I was like, I can't go there. And I wasn't super into spirituality or anything like that, but I was like, I just, I know I'm not meant to go there. And he was so mad at me. He was like, what do you mean? He's like, we had a perfect apartment and everything. And I'm like, I'm not meant to be there. And so like a week later, we just did a road trip down to North Carolina just because we wanted somewhere like warm, but not, you know, something still seasonal. So we were just, we were between a lot of places. We're like, let's just go visit North Carolina. And we did, and we loved it here, but it's just crazy that we were supposed to go to Texas. And yet somehow I was like, no, That's not for me and ended up being here.
1: That is so crazy. It's like, I feel like many of us have those cues, but to your point about listening to your body, about going into the breast surgery, you are getting shouted at, like, this is not for me, but it's like this pressure to please other people who are like, well, you are already here. We're already ready to go. That's where I feel like I'm still trying to get past that barrier of like, The expectation is there. So how do I meet it? But how do I also stay true to myself? And I think that that's, I mean, honestly, it's so amazing that through, I wish that you didn't have to go through that process, obviously, but it's pretty amazing that by going through that process, it allowed you to find your true life's passion and have this desire to help other people. Get to a place where they can understand their bodies in that way, and where you can help them understand the cues that their bodies are telling them through oh, a block yeah. chakra. Through if you're not getting energy through your root, how, you know, is there sexual trauma there? Are you not feeling comfortable in your own body in some way, shape, or form? You can learn so much by tapping into that. So, that's so, I mean, honestly, that is quite the journey. What was the length of time throughout that whole process? Like a decade? Yeah.
0: Well, and see, here's what's really cool too. Not cool, but like, it's just an interesting observation I've had too, is that one, the eating disorder was like seven, eight years long, right? And in astrology, we have seven year cycles. We have two year cycles. We have 14 year cycles. And it's so wild to me that so many people I know who's had an eating disorder, it's like seven years long, seven years long. It's like a seven year cycle in astrology. I just think that's wild. I always like point that out. Cause I'm like, we are literally just going through it and on, on purpose, you know, for a reason. And we're not just like having an eating disorder because we chose to, you know, it it taught us something, but anyways, it was like a 10 year cycle from eating disorder. And then I got sick in like 2020. So it's 2023. So yeah, 10 years.
1: What's so crazy is that my eating disorder also lasted for about Isn't that insane? Yeah. I and I had never put the I'm still really I'm really interested into astrology and palmistry right now. Um like learning more about it, it's nothing that I could perfect or teach. I there's it's too complicated for me, but I love yeah. learning about it. But the cycles and like the cyclical nature of things, even in human design, for like reflectors, wait 28 days. Like that is crazy. Do you know what your human design is? Yes, I'm a
0: six-two manifesting generator. Okay, I'm a six-two oh, cool. projector.
1: So, I feel like, I think actually in Nicole's summer camp, we both said like 6'2 in one of the comments at one point in time. Maybe when, maybe when like Leah was doing her overview. But so, can I ask you a question about your 6'2 profile? So, I found that for myself, I had never considered myself like the hermit in any way, shape, or form. But I do find that it shows up for me. And I'll give you an example. I'll be really passionate and gung-ho about something that I either want to post or share or record or something. And then I'll immediately get almost this fear factor of like showing up as an expert on something, which is part of that six. Like you are that talented role model and you just believe in yourself. But the two I find has actually infiltrated my life in a more negative way than the six wow. which i'm now realizing in all of these patterns throughout my life like i'll be posting on instagram feeling really good following my like true path of what i want to be so authentic about with my spirituality and my healing journey and then i'll reach this block where i'm like no one wants to hear about this for me there are so many other people who have reached different stages whose audiences are more specific to this why am i even doing this how is it going to be judged How does your profile show up for you in your life? Does it impact you in any ways that you've had to work through? Do you feel that it's spot on? Do you feel it's not
0: spot on? I would say for the most part, it's spot on, but there's something to it, kind of what you were talking about. So like, for example, I am a hermit through and through, right? From when I was like, my mom would tell me stories from when I was like a literal baby. I had a, I have a twin sister and an older sister, right? And my older sister is only a year and a half older. But I would choose always to play by myself. And I just have been like that. I'm the black sheep of my family. I have just chosen because I like to be alone a lot, like a lot. And so I very much am a hermit. And I realize that now as I've gotten into my like spiritual journey that like i just need it man like i need to be alone i that's how i recharge rejuvenate come back into center all of those things So, like alone time for me is one of those things where i'm like yeah that's that's me man like i if i like am gone you know that i'm going through some type of contraction expansion death rebirth type of thing so the hermit definitely plays a big role i feel really connected to that um i also am super extroverted too right when i want to be so it's just that there's that balance but For the i see what you're saying in the realm of like getting in your head about being the talented role model is like do i know enough do i need another certification before i can talk about this or um and for me i kind of connect that back to my astrology though i don't know how into astrology you are though but like chiron is our wounded healer right and my wounded healer is in libra and so that means i fear rejection i fear abandonment It's all to do with like relationship stuff. And so that's where that type of stuff comes up for me is my Chiron. Yeah, look it up because it's really, because that's our karmic wound, right? That's something that we really came here to move through and heal so that we can help other people heal. So let me see how I find
1: my chart. Okay. My Chiron is in, let's see. Oh, where did it go? Oh, circle. I think this is when it tells me. I don't know where it is, actually. I know that I've looked into this before, and I've been very intrigued by it. I can't tell right now where it is, but...
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's, definitely worth, it right it's definitely worth looking into because I find even when I work <clears throat> with clients, that's kind of where we go. We're like, what's your Chiron? Like what wound is there? Especially when we have been working together for a long time and the same wound keeps coming up, then I'll kind of be like, investigate a little bit into their chart because I'm not obviously a astrologer and I don't know, you know, I'm not super, you know, experienced or whatever in that but I do have a good knowledge base on it so sometimes we'll go there just to see what it is because astrology is so real.
1: Yeah, I am very sorry. I'm just trying to look into it because I know I I think oh, Chiron my Chiron's in Gemini. I'm literally everything in Gemini. I'm a Gemini zodiac sign. I'm a Gemini sun, a Gemini oh my moon. Gosh
0: my life is I have a lot of gemini. gemini placements. I have a gemini stellium. So I have three planets in gemini. Um so that's really interesting. I need to, yeah. to that more, yeah.
1: for sure. So you have talked to us so much about like how you got here, the transformation that you've been on, like how and you also mentioned that you've been with your partner for a really long time. I've been with my now husband for wow. 16 years. And since I was a teenager and I've also gone through the eating disorder, I've gone through all of the phases and he has remained relatively stable (laughs) and the same, like he hasn't, he's obviously had some experiences in his life that have contributed to his own growth Mm -hmm. and development, but not so openly in the way where I feel like I have been like, I am experiencing something how has that process looked for you? Like how, how does that work in relationship with you focusing so much on the spirituality side and having all this insight? Like, do you do Reiki work on your boyfriend? Like what is, are you open to talking about that? I'm so so curious.
0: Talking about it. So it's funny, right? Because we started dating too, when I, we were in high school and I was just like normal cheerleader, didn't think about my body, partied all the things. And then he saw me. Well, and then The only time we were apart was in college because he went to Connecticut and I stayed in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really jarring for him the first time he ever came back home because I had lost a ton of weight. I had such an aggressive eating disorder. And so I think he was like, what is happening. And I was very distant too, because he was gone. I was focusing, I was like really focused on school. I'm talking like I had straight A's every single semester of every year of college. Like I was so focused on studying and like being this perfect student when I had my eating disorder. And so for him, it was like, what happened? Right? Like he was like, but he was very always gentle with it. Like he never pushed me. He never pushed a boundary of like, You need to do this or whatever. And he kind of just watched Mm -hmm. me and would listen to me. And that's, he waited for me to come to him. And I always really appreciated that about him because I would tell him everything. And that was a huge part of me healing from my eating disorder was being able to say what I'm thinking to somebody else. So I could hear out loud how ridiculous I was being with some things, right? It just like being orthorexic and just all of the things. And so he really was patient with me during that whole time of the eating disorder, And once I got the breast implants, when I actually got them, he was there for me the whole time of that recovering. And then we moved and then we really got to just like be together for the first time living together. And I was going through all of that stuff. And he, he talks about it to this day. Like I just was going out of his own mind because he couldn't do anything to help me really. Like he couldn't heal me, right? Like he had to just watch me lay on the floor in so much pain. And then he drove me to my explant surgery, which was like an hour, whatever away. And he like sat with me, cause my whole family, you know, lives in Chicago. So I had to have this major surgery right. getting my chest ripped open by myself in North Carolina and he was there with me and he was the first person I saw when I opened my eyes and he took care of me after that surgery. I mean like I couldn't raise my arms like above here and so he washed my hair, he would speak affirmations to me in the mirror as he brushed my hair, he would drain my drains because I didn't wanna look at my own blood and he'd like measure it out for the doctors and he just did all the things, right? And so there did come a point in the journey where I was getting super into spirituality and I think it's really common and a good question to ask, are we growing apart or are we growing together? Is he willing to grow with me in Mm -hmm. this way? And little by little I just recognize, you know, he was journaling more. There was nothing like he was like, he never came to me for advice, but he watched and he learned from me. And so he would go and he would pull his own tarot and just try to learn the cards. And he would learn, he would pull Oracle cards with me every morning and talk to me about like his card, my card, how it resonated with him, how mine resonated with me. And he was really just like watching, but learning and doing it with me, right? And he would go journal and he would go do these things. And he microdosed with me for the first time. And so we did a whole microdosing protocol together for months. And we really would just got so close in that way. And when I got attuned to Reiki, he was like, do it on me. Practice on me. And now he wants mm-hmm. to be attuned to Reiki. He wants me to attune him, right? And so he it's been really interesting and really cool that we have been so many iterations and that from what I was going through, he took that as an opportunity to go with me.
1: That is so amazing. Yeah. Love yeah, him. Yeah, we do. We <laughs> love
0: him so much.
1: How, did you in any of your energy work ever get insight into how the two of you may have been connected in a previous that,
0: life? I actually haven't, but I would be very interested. What is um, something that did come up though, is that there was like a spiritual expo like happening here that we happened to find and we went into. And I was like walking past this lady who does like henna tattoos. And she was also like an intuitive reader, all of these things. And she had this huge line of people and I'm just walking past, not even thinking about going there. And she like stops her session and she's like i need to talk to you and i was like okay and so she like puts me in her chair and she starts talking about and she's reading my palms she's like doing all the thing and she was like the partner that you're with right now that's a karmic partner you guys are meant to be together. And it was the first time I've ever had somebody told me that we were like soulmates, we're supposed to be together, all of these things. And she gave me toe rings, one for each foot. And she's like, this is for both of you, like balancing the masculine, feminine, both of you, and just like your connection together. So interesting. But I have also had another energy healer tell me that we're not supposed to be together. So it's very interesting. Mm,
1: That is so crazy. I wonder that about myself and my partner. Mm For similar reasons, obviously, but that's why I wanted to ask because I just, since you said, oh yes, I've done energy work, which, you know, obviously is so amazing. So how, like, what do you see for your future self? Like where, as you think about what you've already accomplished and everything that you've been through, like what, I don't want to say a five-year goal because I I don't love that term and it sounds too property, but like, what are some manifestations that you might be comfortable talking with us that you would love to see come to
0: fruition so this is so funny because life works out in funny ways right there's you always think that you're going to have this path and then somehow you're on a completely different path but it's so perfect for you right so when i for for example like when i got really sick and stuff like that i had digestive issues right and so i couldn't eat a lot of things a lot of things were bothering my stomach and so i made my own granola Right. And this is just how synchronistic life works, right? So I made my own for me because I loved smoothies. Like smoothies is my favorite breakfast, and you gotta have some crunch on there for your digest digestion, right? And so I remember my boyfriend went, grabbed like some of it, put it in his mouth, and just whips turns around he's like, this is really good. He's like, did you make this? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you should sell this. And I was like, no, that's terrifying. Like I make things for me. I don't want people to judge what I'm making, whatever. And he's like, no, you need to sell this. And so for fun that night, we sat there and we're like, oh, what should the brand be called? It was just purely for fun, right? We were like, let's call it this and here's our mission and here's all these things. And so then I sent it out to some of my friends and they're like, no, you should should sell it, right? So I did it for my Instagram community only. I'm like, I'm gonna sell this granola, right? To my community, sells out. And so then I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like that was really fun as like a one-time thing. And there was so much like feedback on like how the, how good it was and how people could taste like just, the energy of it, like it was just like truly made with love and that people felt really, really good about eating it. I'm like, okay, I'll do it one more time. So then we pre-launch it again. It sells out again. And in that process, Air one, which is a um, grocery store in California, yeah. reaches mm-hmm. out to me, unheard of, unheard. It is impossible to get your product in Air one, but they reach out to me saying that they want my product in their store. Right. And I'm shook because I love Erwan, right? I've always been a health and wellness foodie girl. So I was like, so excited. It's like Disney world to me when I go to Erwan in California and I was shook. And so my product got put on the shelves at Erwan. And it was like a baby thing. I had to teach myself everything about the food industry. I had to go get a commercial kitchen, get the license, get the FDA approval, do all the things, learn how to get like barcodes, all of these things that you need, right? And it just shows like, you can never guess what's gonna happen. Right, It's not there right now because logistically, mm-hmm. North Carolina to California is not a way for me to make money right now because the shipping was incredible and then they take a percentage of your profit. So it's not there right now. But with that being said, I one day would like to get back into like that product again because my boyfriend for sure believes in it. He was like, this is the best thing. We can go so far with this. So I plan to bring it back again. It's called Remedium Granola. I'm probably will do another Instagram type of sale. It's like Reiki infused, adaptogenic, gluten-free, dairy-free, all of the things, right? And so I would love to get back into that. It would be cool to get back to Erewhon, but not if we lived in California just because of shipping stuff. Um, But we really wanna do like farmer's markets and like getting into Whole Foods and that type of thing. But besides that, I still see myself doing Reiki and continuing to like attune people to the Reiki one, two, and the master level. And then wherever life wants to take me, I've already learned by now that surrender is the best way. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. And
1: honestly, kudos to you because I am also obsessed with Erewhon. I've actually never been in person, even though I'm in California, but I live in okay. Northern California, not by where the most of their stores are, their locations are. But that is incredible. That is so, Amazing. I honestly like cannot believe that in such a good way. That is so fantastic. Okay. That you also brought up one thing that I did want to ask you about surrender. How do you do it in your day to day? I feel like we, our generation in particular, our parents were raised with everything being in a box. You stayed together for the kids because was what you were supposed to do or because of religion you go to college after high school because it's expected of you even if you're a terrible student and that's not the environment that you'll thrive if you're good at dancing they they tell you to pursue dance even if your passion is poetry so how as like adults today do we feasibly accept that if we surrender something better might come to us like what is your practice for that how do you how do you give yourself permission to to surrender
0: it's it's such a good question and and it looked different in different areas of my life and i will say that too right like it is a daily thing it's not like you just surrender once and you're good right like it is a daily practice of surrender Mm -hmm. and so for example when i was debating on quitting my nursing job i just knew oh my god i knew and i wasn't again into spirituality too much at that time when i was thinking about it but i just knew deep in my bones. I'm like this is not for me, but it's my main source of income, right? It's a good source of income. Mm-hmm. And so there was so much back and forth and I remember I had a dream and my boyfriend was sleeping over with me that night. And I had this dream that night and it was like we were climbing on some type of like rocks or something and then there was a waterfall, but between there was, like, this, like, you had to, like, jump over the top of the waterfall on the top of the thing to get to the other side, right? And my boyfriend, like, easily does it, right, ahead of me. And I kept telling him, I don't know if I could jump. I don't know if I could take the leap. I might not make it. Look at all of those hard rocks at the bottom. What if I fall, right? And I woke up from the dream as I was taking the leap. And that next day, I quit my job. I'm like, I took the leap. That's how the dream happened, is that i take the leap, mm-hmm. right that i'm gonna be okay and i'm gonna trust that i'm gonna be caught and so for me during that time i was already like growing my instagram so i was making money from that and i just got certified in holistic health coaching so i was like i could possibly really get this off the ground and i already had a wait list of clients for that so i'm like i could i could be okay in doing this right and so like for me it was just trusting myself it was coming back to trust and so Now, kind of what this looks like for me is if there's something that I can start to feel my shoulders come up, it's my breath is starting to restrict. It's something that's making my body feel a little bit fight or flight or a little bit anxious or a little bit scared. In those moments, I catch it every single time and I relax. Even if I'm in the middle of the most stressful feeling or whatever it is, I have worked on my nervous system so much that I can catch it and I'm like, surrender relax i trust i say that to myself almost all day every day anytime i'm starting to get anxious about like maybe i'm not you know i don't know whatever it is i'll just i trust i just trust right and so that's what i do daily is like anytime i feel that anxious feeling coming up or like i'm starting to lose you know confidence in myself anything like that i just relax my shoulders unclench anything and everything in my body. And I'm like, I just trust. I have gone through so many experiences in my life where I can look back and see how it worked out for the better. So it's like for anybody listening, it's like, look, just look to your past. How has things worked out for the better? Because it always works out for the better in the end. So it's like, how can I just surrender and relax knowing that we live in the universe that made us humans, that made grass, that has the sky, that and it's all perfection, right? the seasons are perfection and the way that they cycle through. So why would we not trust that our life isn't going to do the exact same without us trying to control it?
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's so powerful. And that's one thing that we had, I had messaged you on Instagram saying I wanted to talk about, but I've been so I've been falling off some of my questions because I love the path <laughs> that you're taking us on, but is nervous system regulation. And I feel I genuinely can tell. So I work in tech PR and it's a very fast paced industry. Everything is basically about now, 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 now. deadlines of art throughout the entire day. For anyone who has any sort of anxiety, it can be incredibly overwhelming. And I'm, I'm one of our executives at the business. So I also have to help our junior staff maintain composure and give everyone advice on how to actually get through some of these tough moments so one of the things that i saw come up on your instagram was about scary movies and how you don't watch them because it can create this fight or flight response for anyone who doesn't necessarily know how that fight or flight response feels in their body can you give us you kind of already did with your shoulders get tense like for me my stomach starts to kind of feel like it's in knots um or i start getting like physical like chills or like ooh, you know like when Oh, your body just kind of like physically needs to yeah. shake off energy how, what does that look like like how might obviously it's going to be different for everyone but what are some of those yeah common the enzymes? main
0: things are when your mouth starts to go dry you have no more saliva right because it's turning off your digestion so then you may have that stomach feeling like it's knots or like you're wanting to move right because your body's like ready it's in action to get moving so your heart rate's going to go up your mouth's going to become dry. You're going to start like, there's so many different things. You might start shaking. You might, some people will go into a complete freeze response where they can't get up off the couch and they make it feel like they're lazy, but they're not lazy. Their body's just in, they're frozen. They're shut down. Right? So it's really, really different for everybody. You'll dissociate. You'll start having running thoughts, all of those different types of things. You're not going to be digesting food. You'll be bloated, all of the things.
1: That's so wild. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think is important to cover?
0: I would say just to like continue talking about the nervous system a little bit because it's the most important thing and I will die on that hill, right? Everything in our life comes down to the health of our nervous system, truly, right? And so our nervous system holds our entire life experience in it, right? Our nervous system is being developed from birth, basically a little bit before birth, but like birth to like seven years old. And so everything that's happening in that zero to seven timeframe, and because as children we're mainly operating out of subconscious brainwaves like theta, everything is being directly imprinted into your psyche and held in your nervous system, right? And so a lot of the work that I do with people, it's like rooting back down to that timeframe of like, what happened then? Because it was imprinted, it's being held there, but also even beyond the seven years old, right? But a lot of the work will root back down to the those times because if something happened when you were three or four or seven, right? You are going to collapse back into that three-year-old when you're triggered or that four-year-old or that seven-year-old. And you're going to see life out of that lens because that young consciousness didn't get the chance to evolve into an adult consciousness, right? And so the work we do is like working with those inner children, moving, unwinding it from their nervous system so that you aren't stuck in fight or flight. So your nervous system isn't rigid And so that it can start to become flexible again and switch back between sympathetic and parasympathetic like it's supposed to, right? Because fight or flight isn't inherently bad. We need a healthy balance of both to work, to be a human, Mm -hmm. right? But a lot of us are just stuck in fight or flight and we can't think straight. You cannot access your rational mind when you're in fight or flight. Right. And so that's what I'm saying, why everything comes down to your nervous system and your capacity to hold things and how much stress you can hold and all of those things without it knocking you out. So I think just bringing it full circle with that is like some of the best things, like the fastest way to repattern your nervous system is through breath work through Reiki. And that's why I've combined both of those things because Reiki will put you into parasympathetic, but the breathwork is helping you release, unwind all that shit that you're holding that's keeping you rigid. Mm -hmm. This makes me think about
1: my daughter was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease that is incurable at three years old. So that, this is like really hitting home for me from the perspective of I should probably honestly start looking into some of these modalities for her at a younger age. She already meditates with me and says namaste and puts her hands together and puts her hand on her heart when we're doing some of our breathing on my little meditation cushion. But she doesn't know what it means, but I think it's already very helpful. But that for parents, I think I'm aware that she's had this traumatic event take place. It is likely to impact her. So this is actually making me think, okay, I need to look into how I work with someone like you or someone who has experience in working with kids at a young age to start this process of allowing them to better understand what they feel in their body, especially if she has a low or a high from her blood sugars. I want, she tells me now she doesn't feel anything. I know something is happening. So finding ways for your kids to tune into that more is also incredibly important. But this was so impactful. You have gone through so much and you are so impressive. I want to, I try to end like every interview with a, just a genuine, true uh, compliment, but I, it seems like you were absolutely where you were meant to be. Like I fully trust that great things are meant to come for you and you are just getting started on the beginning of this amazing journey. I cannot wait to see where you continue to go from here and to be, you know, I am so honored that you came on and talked with us. I think that this is your experience is going to help.
0: Thank so you people. so much for saying that. I really, truly appreciate it. It is sometimes wild to think that I haven't even been doing Reiki for like a year and it's already, you know, exploded in my life. So I just, I truly can't wait to see either. But thank you so much for having me. I went and looked through and listened to some of your podcasts and they are amazing. You're doing such an amazing job. So keep doing it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Of
0: course.
1: Okay. Well, this was amazing. And I can't wait to talk with you more and continue following you on Instagram. Where can everyone find you? So my
0: Instagram is at its underscore Nicolette Marie. And all of my like website stuff is linked in my bio. Um, But that's the main place you can find me is my Instagram. And then your link tree has access to everything. Okay. Okay.
1: Fabulous. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you feel drawn to it, I would be so honored if you would leave a rating or review on either Apple or Spotify if you want to hear more content like this. And it means so much to me to actually have you here. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode because honestly, shit gets wild when Kylie says.